Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Spitting Seeds Podcast. Uh, we have myself, Vasily here, Mario, and Roman. Greetings. And, and Nick with us. Mario, what are we talking about today? Hey guys, this is episode four of the Spitting Seed Podcast. And we thought today we'd maybe uh, dig back a little bit and uh, talk about... So I guess the whole idea of our podcast is to... Uh, to cater to the Slavic, Russian, Ukrainian, Moldovian, Lithuanian, Belarusian population. Sla- Sla- Slavic. <laughs> Slavic is a good way to kind of the umbrella term. So we're going to talk about the Slavic people as a whole today. Um, a little bit of history, a little bit of current stuff, you know, stuff like that. So uh, that's kind of what our plan is for today. We'll probably get uh, sidetracked with some rabbit holes and go down some random paths and talk about some random things. But the the general plan is to talk about Slavic people today. Where do you want to start off from? Well, I feel like we owe it to our listeners to maybe talk a little bit more about ourselves first. I feel like we have not really introduced ourselves yet. It's very vague who we are, what we're about. Um, do, you think, do you think they will be interested? <laughs> I mean, I hope so. If, they, if they're not, if you're not, if you care Jack and Squad, then maybe you can skip forward a few minutes. Yeah, <laughs> probably like the next like seven to ten minutes, you can probably skip forward. But we're going to probably talk about ourselves for a little bit. If I'm going to be talking about myself, you guys should probably skip 30 minutes if you're not interested. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the idea behind introducing yourselves a little bit is, I guess, the people, the five people that do listen can have, I guess, a little bit of understanding, like, hey, so this is who Vasya is a little bit, and this is who Mario and Roman is. But, I don't know, Mario, we can start off with you. If you were to introduce yourself or describe yourself or tell somebody about yourself, what would it include? Well, my name is Mario, Mario Manchik. I am, uh, uh, I guess we're all friends here, so I'm just one of the gang here. Um, I am 24 years old as of today. Uh, I'm married. My wife is Anna, Anna Manchik. Uh, we are very happily married, in case anybody's wondering. Uh, <laughs> Trust me, it's great. <laughs> you never no. know, man. <laughs> the snakes, you gotta... <laughs> Nobody's wondering. Wow. Thanks. I'm just, you're an intimidating dude. I wouldn't be wondering. I'm intimidating? Yeah. I don't think so. I think it's the shaved head. Uh, what else about Mario? Well, so let's see. I'm 24 years old. I uh, My profession, I am a... Uh, a nurse in the emergency room he, uh, at the local hospital in Auburn. Um, my passions are uh, really big fan of history, really big fan of learning, um, big, pretty big fan of podcasts too, which is kind of why we kind of jump-started this whole thing in the first point. Um, I like to hang out with people. I like my friends. I like to learn new things. I like to hang out with people. I don't know what more there is to say. Um... I don't know. Roman, you know, what do you have to add about Roman that he didn't... About, about Mario? About yeah. Because yeah. I feel like sometimes it's easier when somebody else... It's hard to describe desc- yourself. Yeah, describe your person. Well, I haven't known Mario for too long. I've known him for like three years only. And uh, I would uh, I would say that uh, Mario is very set in his ways. It's it's hard to change his mind usually. What? Um, if, uh, if, he ever, if he says he's doing something... He usually goes for it. It's like set in stone. When Mario said that when he finished his LPN and he's like, you know, I'm going to go go get my RN. And I'm just like in the back of my head. I'm like, bro, you just finished your LPN and got a job. I'm like, you're not going to do that. You're going to get comfortable and just live your life. And he proved me wrong. He went and did that. And he talks about he talks about higher goals that he has. And now I have full confidence that he's going to achieve it because I feel like that's who Mario is. He just 
is is very set in his ways. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. I feel like that's like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Or, or I don't know. I feel like I'm a kind of funny guy. That's something about me. I'm really good at backhanded compliments, if you guys are wondering about <laughs> me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have heard from several people lately that I've become very liberal, which I do not agree with. I don't <laughs> agree with that either. He gets very offended when somebody I tells Mario he's a liberal. Because I feel like I'm a very conservative person I overall. Think, I think people consider you a liberal when you say something negative about Trump, which I don't think it means you're a liberal. I think you can be a conservative and still criticize Trump. And I think that's where people get the liberal. They're like, oh, he said this about Trump? Wow, what a liberal. I yeah, think that's I, where they get it from. Yeah, I guess I, in the, I mean, in previous episodes, and not even just episodes, but in general, when I talk with people, I feel like I'm pretty outspoken. I criticize the current president. And it's not because I hate the guy. It's not because, you know, I wish he was not president. I should make it clear that I'm glad that he won over the other option. I feel like it's a, you know it's the better option. But I feel like just because uh, he won, there's no reason why people can't continue to criticize him and try to correct, you know, like m- help him be better and things like that. Just because he won, it doesn't mean that he knows everything. And I feel like it's our duty as American people because, I mean, that's what it's all about, the American people. So I feel like it's our duty to continue to criticize, to continue to try to make the presidential office and all that better and, you know, push in the right direction. So I am not a, a bleeding heart liberal as uh, maybe some people think that I am actually very conservative and um, maybe to a fault sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, I just think that, uh, that we can be doing better as a country and that all starts with the highest office in the country, the, the president. That's kind of my two cents about it. Nice. What else? What else about Mario? Or are we moving on? Why say, why say, what, what, what do you know about Mario? You haven't, yeah, you two yeah. cents. Tell, give me your honest opinion. Yeah, this is a kind of interesting. Not like too honest though, because yeah, don't be too honest. You might hurt his feelings. Yeah, I'm not ready for that. Yeah, I think uh, he is. Maybe it's because I see that because I, maybe I lack that. He's good at uh, approaching, or what's the word when you when you disagree with something or you want to like mention, uh, confront uh, confront. Oh my gosh, I'm fab. I can't even pronounce the word confronting people and i think I, I like that uh because i think it's something that i lack i'm i'm very bad at like telling people like hey you you did this it's stupid or but um, yeah so i think that's a a compliment because i think he does it in a genuine way not just to like trash on you but he can you know mention something or yeah br- be a little bit abrasive which is not always a bad thing I try to be. I feel like that's the best way to do things. Just be straight up and tell people to their face. No reason to let it linger and become a thing. Mm-hmm. Just tell them to their face. Yeah. Got it. And then we got Roman. Roman, introduce yourself in 30 seconds. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Roman. And uh, I, uh, I'm i kind of a foreign to south of Seattle. I grew up in a little uh, place called Cedar Wall. Well, I'm, I'm, I immigrated from Russia. I grew up in Cedar Wally. And we were, I was the first Russian in my middle school, the first Russian in my high school. I did not grow up with a Russian community. I did not grow up, um, I, uh, I didn't really know much Russians. We had to go to a different city to go to a Russian church and to uh, hang out with my Russian friends. In my school, I was the only Russian. I, I'm like a very outsider to Russian community. Well, so when I came to America, I Americanized very quick. And uh, so, I mean, I have a little bit dis- different perspective on this podcast, I uh, 
Like I aspired to be a firefighter. I did that for five years instead of construction, which most Russian people like. And now, now I'm an electrician, but um, it's uh, <laughs> I, I know I kind of I kind of fell back real hard because I realized that uh, it's a it, it is a, a, a construction is a very good and profitable field. But uh, that's something about me, I guess. Are you married? I am married to a lovely uh, to a lovely girl named Ramona. Um, that the reason I moved to Federal Way, and I actually um, growing quite fond of this place. Yeah, are you happily married? I'm very happily married. Oh, that's good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> What's one thing that you struggle with in marriage? <coughs> I'm kidding. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> now Roman's a good guy. Uh, when I first met Roman, he was kind of an odd duck, but I feel like just his upbringing was kind of part of that. He did not associate with very many Russians before uh, he met Mona, but then he came here and it was just like full-blown exposure to to very seasoned Slavics. Uh, and it was maybe a little bit weird for him to adjust to that from dealing with like... I mean, there's a lot of like Hispanics up in Cedro, really, right? Uh, well, they're seasonal. There are. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of Hispanics. There are a lot of um, um, conservatives, but like not conservative, but like, extremists. I mean, I'm proud to say I was never really one of them, but there are a lot of, like, Confederate flags out there. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of truck hoods pa- painted with the, the stars and the crosses. and Yeah. Population 8,000 at the point when I lived there. So a small town. Small town. So, like, when the country song is talking about growing up in a small town, you actually lived that. I Yeah, I did. I didn't grow up there necessarily. I came there, and I went to, like, middle school, and I started middle school there in high school. But, uh, yeah. Where were, where were you born? I was born in uh, Moscow, Russia. Oh wow! Yeah. So you are a true Moscow Russian. Yes, yes, uh, and uh, unlike most people, I do not have anything against my Slavic, Belarusian, Ukrainians brothers. I love all of them. We all share the same blood. Um, but uh, so you, but you still consider yourself a Russian, not like Ukrainian or something else. I consider myself uh, an American, part of this great melting pot. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything to add about Roman? I think Roman is a very good-hearted guy. I think when sometimes one of the, I think high compliments when I try to compliment somebody and like their attitude and character, I think Roman is one of. I usually use this example. I think Roman is one of those guys that if I was stuck somewhere like in the middle of the road, like at night, I feel like if I'd call Roman, he would come and help me out and i'll be like oh man i wish i could if only you called a little bit earlier or later so no i i like roman you work for uh electrical union right in seattle or yes industrial electrician is the official title industrial electrician so you're yeah. you're hooking up all the rizetki and the puget sound for us I, I'm not hooking up Rizetki. I'm more making like the infrastructure move. Hooking up Rizetki is for, well, I mean, I'm not going to demean that because I have done that and it's a great uh, trade, but I'm more of like a mover of the infrastructure. I just, you know, you know. Very well put. Yeah, it's uh, good for my self esteem and I appreciate for the compliment, Vasya. Okay, well, how about we focus on you or Vasya then? Yeah, tell no, us. Not, not focus on me, but move on. Um, no, not, not much to offer here. Uh, my name is Vasya. Um, married to an amazing wife, Ina, that loves me, uh, which I'm surprised by and happy for. <laughs> um, don't, I don't know, I was 
probably spe- spend a good chunk of my years being involved at SGC Youth. Uh, great memories, great years. Uh, highly encourage most people or all people to get involved in some sort of ministry in your young years. Those are going to be some of your best memories. Um, I remember when I joined, um, I was like hanging out with guys, a little bit of like, troublemaking here and there, kind of living the 16-year-old guy, you know, trying to explore things and see things and be the cool guy that fits in. And I remember after I joined, uh, I think at 18 or so, joined HC Youth, and I got even made fun of a little bit, like, oh, you know, like the church kid or whatever. And it was, like, weird because it was the guys that w- did go to church on Sundays, but then they would make fun of me for being involved. So, yeah, I highly encourage every person to get involved in any ministry, youth ministry, Sunday school, teen, whatever. Yeah, we right now for work, uh, do real estate, um, enjoy it very much because always – see us like if not you know most of the time you it is the biggest like financial transaction for a person and to be part of it and knowing they're going from you know renting to home ownership or whatever it may be and i get to be right in the middle and be there for the process so really enjoy that and yeah lived uh got to live in seattle for about two years but right now we're signing papers on Sunday to move back to Federal Way. So looking forward to that, actually, because we had uh, Nick and Roman living with us in those uh, apartments, and now they moved out, so it's a little bit lonely. And, yeah, it was a good, really good experience living in Seattle. Got to experience that while Ina was going to school at Seattle Central, but now she finished. Got a job at St. Francis in Federal Way. I work in Kent. So in in federal way, pretty much every single day. So it's nice to move back and don't have to commute every day from Seattle to federal way, which uh, most people do the other way. So yeah, no, I don't know. Don't have much to offer. I'm just fascinated. Uh, enjoy company of many people. Love being around people. Ho- love talking to people. Love getting to know people. But yeah, don't have much else to offer. I think I've known Vasya for a while. Vasya's a good guy. Um, when I sleep and don't do or say anything. <laughs> yeah. And you've lived for Seattle for a while, so you're probably the most liberal out of all of us here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think you went to like the praise and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I consider myself very conservative. Uh, but I feel like all of us here, I feel like um, the whole reason why we're doing this podcast, we just, we do this without microphones probably on a weekly basis. And then one day we just figured, hey, let's actually add some microphones and record it. And that's kind of where this kind of all started. We're not expecting to be, you know, the next, like, Joe Rogan or something. We're just kind of recording our thoughts and our conversations. And if people want to listen to it, that's cool. If not, that's fine. We'll listen to it ourselves. Um, so hopefully nobody gets, like, upset. Or Mario, what do you think of us? Describe him in three words. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> but, no, since he mentioned, like, the Fierce, podcast, the idea is strong. <laughs> Freaking good looking. <laughs> Uh, he sh- he definitely shoots for the moon like usually like me if so- if someone gives me an idea I get bogged down with details and like to achieve this you got to do this. Yeah, is a big this, this. like in the words of Michael Scott he's a big picture guy. <laughs> yes <laughs> he, he is like for, for for him it's like 
Like for me, it's like, okay, we got to do this, this, this. Do you think it's possible? It might be too much. Let's not do it. For Vice, is like, let's do this. He's like, let's do it, and we'll just sort out the details later. And it always, it always maybe we'll somehow. make a good group. You know, like have like a big idea, and then some people that work out the details because yeah, I, 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 horrible uh, details and little things and. It's something that I'm trying to improve on and get better at. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of details, but I feel like I always drown in details and never get to the big idea. I'm trying to work on, like, you know, just being positive and being like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the idea, like, maybe let's focus on the idea and let the details shake out. I always get stuck with the details and never, never achieve the idea. I feel like I read this funny thing about podcasts. I was just randomly like reading about podcasts, and it said that every good podcast has three, uh, three parts to it, like three, uh, like cast members one of them is like the sympathetic like the nice guy one of them is like the pessimistic negative guy and then one guy the third guy is like the comedy relief who just like say random things and just lighten the mood so i was wondering like who's who <laughs> i don't know i have people figured out i guess, I, I guess yeah. yeah i definitely don't think we have Keep a sympathetic guy much i know i know you're the pessimist i would say no, P- apparently not. <laughs> no, and I think uh, we'll uh, move on uh, and you know talk like we mentioned a little True, about yes. Slavic people. But before that, I wanted to insert uh, people that did reach out. Okay, so when we were starting, the expectations and I'm a pretty optimistic guy, but expectations were, I think, very low for the podcast. Like, hey, who the heck is gonna listen to it? But like, let's do it for ourselves. And if somebody has a commute and they would rather listen to this or something else, then why not? You know, to have like a white no- noise in the background and very surprised by the response so people that did dm'd or text with compliments corrections uh, tips uh, all those things thank you so much for reaching out we really do appreciate it i'm sure there's people with you know the have negative opinions you know negative thoughts about those uh, those things so i'm sure those people you know are not gonna reach out and be like hey i hate your podcast but i'm sure there are people that are now you know the biggest fans of this but those that do like it thank you for listening thank you for joining us we are flattered by this and we thank you for joining us we are flat earthed future episodes (laughs) anyways okay so today we decided let's talk about uh so spitting seeds who does that better than our our lovely slavic population here um so slavic people who are we I feel like, uh, in my experience, like talking to my, like my parents, my grandparents, like things like that, nobody has that great of an idea because it seems like, oh, there's a Soviet Union, and before that, it's kind of a big question mark. You know, documents were erased, people kind of got like people disappeared, were you know picked up off the street and disappeared, never to be heard of from again. So I did a little bit of digging, and who are the Slavic people? And keep in mind, Maro is, like you mentioned, a big fan of history. So this is going to go a little bit further back. So I'll try it, to keep it, is it interesting. kind yeah. of like lame in history. But it will be dry for 50% of you and other 50% will find it very oh, interesting. Are you kidding me? This is like moist, <laughs> dude. <laughs> for you, yes. This is super moist. <laughs> it's not spo- it's a little aside. It wasn't that word, like the, the apparently the worst sounding word, I think. Or something, or the worst word to say, or worst... Moist? Yeah, moist. Yeah, it's very... Yeah. But Ukraine <laughs> was voted to have the most beautiful woman in the world. D- by who? Okay, every time when by I... Donald do- Trump. <laughs> <laughs> every time, right? Every, every time, and again, a little bit, uh, what is a life hack, or I don't know, something to think about. Every time I hear, like, like a couple like days ago, people were sharing, like, 
Washington was voted the worst drivers in United States. Two que- two questions. Every time I see those, like Washington was voted this, or Ukraine was voted this, or men were in this state were voted f- like the best for this, or like top ten burgers or something. Yeah. So the biggest thing is who decided that? Like how many people were involved? Let's say even if there's a survey, because you can ask twenty five people in a room. Let's say you can ask twenty five Ukrainians. And be like, who do you think are the best people in the world? And let's say 23 of them say Ukrainians. And you could legit post an article be like, men voted, you know, 96% of men in Seattle voted that Ukrainians are the best people in the world. And it will be a true article. So again, always keep uh, in mind how many people participated or how extensive the survey was when all those lists or whatever was created because all all it could be is one guy be like okay you know let's make a list of top best amazing countries in the world and he makes a list and then people are like oh my gosh look at the list like we are the best in the world so yes something to keep in mind one of one men in this room that are six foot tall and above think russians people that are born in moscow are the handsomest men in the world yeah but even you don't believe that <laughs> true <laughs> But yeah, so Mario, a little bit of back back history on Ukrainians. Okay, so if we're getting going way back, um, the Slavic people as a whole. So nowadays we think of uh, when you think of Eastern Europe, we got Ukraine, we got Poland, we got like Lithuania, Moldova, a little bit of Russia, um, you know, maybe like some Romania, Bulgaria, Serbia. There's a big mix of all these small con- smaller countries. Um, but it wasn't always like that. So the earliest record of Slavic people was uh, back way back to the Romans, and the Romans is like the Romans were. I mean, they kept good record. Yeah, the Romans were the first uh, like people, the first uh, civilization that kept very good uh, book records of of things, of events that happened, of like weather and economy and stuff like that. So the first time that the Slavic people like ter- coined term Slavic uh, was by the Romans and this is back in like BC times like before Christ like way back in the day and uh, their experience with the Slavic people they called them they referred to them as the people from the swamps that like European Central European Asia Central I'm sorry Central Eastern Asia there's kind of a swampy area a lot of marshes and they called these people you know the people from the swamps and our ancestors, it's its very, I don't know if it's interesting or ironic or funny, but our ancestors were the barbarians that would be attacking the Romans. I mean, I don't know if, ever, if you guys have all seen movies like Gladiator, where the Romans are fighting these like bush people that come from the woods, all these barbarians, that's our ancestors, as, fu- you know, as weird as it may seem. Um, so Ukraine's, okay, I guess I'm speaking, I apologize, I'm speaking specifically to Ukraine because the majority of the people in this room are from Ukraine. <laughs> nice. Two, two out of three. <laughs> two out of three. That's majority, so, right? Sixty-six percent of our audience right now. So, um, I, and I guess Ukraine is kind of a good spot because it's one of the bigger countries in in uh, Eastern Europe, besides like Russia. So Ukraine is kind of in a very important spot in between Europe and the Middle East and Russia. It's like this middle ground, and Ukraine actually means like Ukraina is like uh, translates to borderland. Which kind of, which originally meant like the border of the Russian Empire when it was part of the Russian Empire. So literally means like 
cry the, like, the edge like cry means like edge you know like ukraina like the the edge land the borderland is the border of the empire uh so the furthest back we go our ancestors were these barbarians that were trying to kill the romans and trying to invade into italy didn't work out too well for a while uh and then you f- uh, flash forward a little bit uh i'm sure you guys have all heard of genghis khan and you guys have both heard of Genghis yes. Khan, right? Yeah, very, yes. like, uh, I mean, present day, I don't know. Mongolian maybe, Han? Yeah, Mongolian Han. People maybe don't understand, but this was a terror. Uh, they, like, they were just this new people, this new, like, people that came out of nowhere and terrorized Europe for a long time. And they took, oh, they took over, they conquered the the central eastern European area where Ukraine, Moldova, all our countries are kind of at, Russia included, they like burned down the whole area. They kind of settled it. Um, so that happened for a while. And then when Russia kind of flashed forward, once like the Catholic Church kind of spread, uh, Christianity spread to our area, it spread to Russia. So then Ukraine became part of. And I, I keep saying Ukraine, but Ukraine technically did not exist until 1990. And it wasn't officially recognized until 1991 as a country. But. But when it was part of USSR, what was it called? It was just called. It was like well before the so before World War Two and World War One, it was called Kievsky Rus. Kiev has been Kiev is a very old city. We all know Kiev. Kiev is a very old city, and back in the day, the whole region of like Moldova, Belarus, uh, Poland ish. There's a time where that area was controlled by the Polish, but then it, it, it was controlled by the Russians, and it was called Kievsky Rus. Like a Kievian Rus. Yeah, Kievsky Rus. So, though, so Ukraine wasn't called Ukraine until 1991? Until 1991 was... was what, what about our parents? When they were born, what were they born... What country were in they born USSR. in? USSR. They were born in the USSR? There was like... Uh, Ukraine in, was a name... Uh, there was a name Ukraine before that, but it was a province of Russia. Yeah, it was like a local thing, like... A province of Russia, and it, it was the same territory as the Ukraine right now? Or was it something yeah. totally different? Yeah, it's like, it's like Washington being a province... Of uh, uh, of Amer- of you know, so was you, when States. Ukraine w- was part of USSR, was it, let's say like Washington State being part of United States? So yes, Washington State is United States. No, it was more like uh, there's Western and Eastern Washington, and we're like Ukraine, Eastern Washington, but it's still Washington. It's just like a, a section of Washington. Oh wow! So like uh, before World War One. All of that area was just Russia. It was Russia, and there was like a kind of neighborhood, like not neighborhoods, but like, you know, like Ukraine has oblasts, yeah. like yeah, yeah. these big chunks. And uh, Ukraine was just like, there was Ukrainian people, there was Ukrainian culture, but it was not recognized officially because it was part of Russia. It was re- by Ukrainians, it was recognized. It just wasn't recognized by the rest of the world. It was yes. all meshed together. Yeah. Yes. We don't want to say that Ukraine has always been part of Russia because it hasn't. But uh, it just it, it wasn't widely recognized as anything, yeah. really. So then things get interesting. So the First World War, Russia gets kind of knocked back on its butt because everyone thought that Russia was this great power, but turned out that the Romanov dynasty was not as powerful and not as like up-to-date as people thought. So Russia kind of got smacked around during World War One, And then uh, after World War, well, during World, one, World War One, actually, that's when Lenin... Uh, and this is yeah, all. That's, that's this all seems kind of like a di- like extra, but it's actually very important to the story. So during World War One, that's when the Russian people kind of realized that hey, this sucks. Russia is not uh, like you know. So that's when the communist revolution happened. Lenin was a guy. 
he was uh, starting this like Bolshevik communist uprising, and he got exiled to Germany. But then the Germans during World War One they thought, hey, this will be smart. Let's send him back and let's have him like you know mess things up. Infiltrate. More. Yeah, so they sent him back on a train, and then the communist revolution started in the middle of World War One. So that Russia dropped out of World War One in the middle, and then they uh, the Romanov family like uh, that's the last Tsar was Tsar Nicholas and like uh, Catherine the Queen and all that. And they all got they all got shot up. They all got like brutally murdered. Yeah. And well, the, to 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 the to the defense of the Romanovs, um, they had something else in their mind. Romanovs were very family oriented. They had they had a, a a sick son and this and that. And then there was an infiltrator in their family. Um, Rasputin. Yeah, R- Rasputin. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So that's yeah all okay. Let's not. Yeah. Okay. Skip ahead. Skip ahead. That's a lot of extra stuff. Interesting stuff. If any of you guys are interested. But basically, Romanovs lose control. Communists take over Russia. And at this time, most of Eastern Europe is all a chunk of Russia. So communist. Uh, the USSR is established, and this includes uh, Ukraine. This includes you know like Georgia, all these Moldova, Belarus, all these small countries. And they kind of they hold on to their culture, but they're part of Russia, and Russia, you know, forces them to learn the Russian language. That's why nowadays you'll see that a lot of uh, Ukrainian people understand Russian, or Moldovan people, or Belarusian people, they understand and speak and read Russian, but Russian people, you know, can't understand, read or write Ukrainian, Belarusian, Moldovan, because Russia kind of forced it upon them because they're like, hey, you're part of our empire, this and that. So basically, fast fast forward, World War Two happens. Uh, you know, Russia fights against the Nazis and everything. And at the end of World War II, um, nothing really changes for Russia except a lot of people died. And then the Cold War happens with America. And basically, it was a long and very draining battle. And in the end, all these comp- all these countries like Ukraine, Moldova, uh, Belarus, uh, I mean, I'm just naming a couple of them. But they all start to basically claim freedom from the USSR. And then in the late 80s, when the Berlin Wall was up, the Soviet Union collapses officially. And then countries like Ukraine and you know all these countries, they finally claim their independence. And 1990 is when Ukraine was first established as a country as Ukraine. Because for all the hundreds of years before, it was owned by this country or that country or, or part of this or part of that. But as of 1990, which is... What, 29, 29 years ago now? Uh, two Russian and our Slavic people known as the age of Perestroika. Yeah, there's the Perestroika. But so basically 28 years ago is when Ukraine claimed its independence and was established as its own country. And that goes for, uh, for Moldova, it goes for Belarus, it goes for you know all the other small countries around the area, Lithuania. Well, I don't know if Lithuania is part of Anyways, so Ukraine is relatively, in the long scheme of things, Ukraine is a new country. And so they had 20 years of, you know, of good things, but unfortunately, there's a lot of corruption. We're all aware of that. And very recently, in the past couple of years, there's been issues with Russia, or with uh, Crimea, and things like that. And there's conflict with Russia. That's a totally different art topic, but uh, this is just kind of a brief history of the Slavic people. So basically, that's where we're from, and here we are now. And when the Slavic or the Soviet Union fell apart, a lot of our ancestors, or not our ancestors, our parents, our grandparents, they came to America under the guise of uh, like political or religious asylum. Sur- searching religious freedom. Religious freedom, yeah. So they're like, hey, we came from a communist country where uh, religion was, you know, like you will get killed or jailed for that, so we want asylum. So that's how a lot of our parents, grandparents, maybe great-grandparents, they came to America and they spread out through the world 
uh, at the end of, in the early '90s. I mean, that's when probably a lot of us were kind of born, and when you know our story kind of starts. But basically, you know, there's this long history, and it comes to where we are now, and especially here on the East Coast. So let's talk about Slavic people in 2019, <laughs> and even narrow it down to Slavic people in 2019 in the United States. What are some? Let's say when we think of Slavic people and who we are, maybe even not how people view us, but how we view ourselves. Because uh, I don't know, I, for some reason, I feel like even, I don't know, Americans or other people, I think some people view, you know, Ukrainian Slavic people positively. Some people or maybe a lot of people view us negatively. What are some, I guess, pros and cons or positives and negatives being a Slavic or being part of Slavic community, what do you guys think? Well, when, when I think of a Slavic man, like, so f- before that, I want to say that Slavic men are very smart. They are very, like, they're very capable of everything, this and that. This is just what pops into my head because this is what I run across. When someone's a Slavic guy or a Russian guy, I think three things. Flooring, siding, and framing. <laughs> mm, yeah, construction is big. Uh, I guess I'm... So, hold on. I'm before a- we go on, so... Roman, you grew up as one of the only Slavic people in your town and your yes, school. Yes, yes, the only How one. How was the experience for you? Did you get treated weird or? Yeah, yeah. There was. Uh, I got teased a lot, and I had to stand. Uh, like I had to. What do you mean by teased? Well, you know, like is your dad part of KGB? Well, hey, yes, you, exactly. Do you, do you drink vodka and you're like you in middle what? school? Do you have AK forty seven? You know what? Uh, one t- uh, one time to my parent teacher conferences, my father actually came in an Adidas tracksuit and. <laughs> He did with the three stripes all like in the pants. Three stripe ma- life. Yeah, the stripe life, uh, the the pants and the zip up matching everything. What about and, church pants? Uh, I mean church shoes. No, no, it wasn't church shoes. It was all Adidas, and I did not get hear the end of it. They thought I was in the mafia. They thought like it, it, obviously the stigma was there. And growing growing up in a small town, everybody is very sensitive to communism because they're very ultra Republican. So they you know they always called me commie this and that. But growing up, uh, I actually. I knew that Russians leaned towards construction, but I did not know, like, um, I heard a lot of things about the Slavic community, the positive and the negatives, but when I moved down here, I actually realized that there's actually a lot of very good and positive things being in and around Slavic community. We have a very good support system, and we're very lucky that we are um, in this area because we, like, if, say, I'm an, I'm, I'm an American or living, like, in, in America, I have, on a Friday night, Saturday night, I have nobody ha- to hang out with, I lose my job, I have to look for a job without, like, I have to look for a job, I have to pull myself by the bootstrap, by the bootstraps each time. Living in a Slavic community, I can, uh, like, call my uncle twice removed through marriage uh, who has some sort of a business and he will hook me up with a job. It's it's a it's a privilege basically. So I think here's a, I think here's like a I mean it's probably terribly inaccurate, but just a summarization. Your, your, your point, your summarization. No, it's not even mine. This is just I I don't know. <laughs> but basically, so I am from Ukraine. I come to America on visa. I come and Ukrainian people or Slavic people. I'm sorry that I keep mentioning Ukrainian to people who are not Ukrainian. This is just my my heritage so i just default to that but i come to america i have a visa i'm a hard worker in the soviet union you got to work hard you know it wasn't easy like laying bricks and stuff like that hard labor you come to america and what do you the first thing that you do you know you find a job any job basic job 
Like delivering papers. I feel yeah. like every family has gone through a phase of delivering papers. We've gone through that. Yeah. So then you do that and then you start to learn things like, oh, you know, I can work with my hands. You know, if I learn a little bit of city code, I can do construction or I can do like I can do deliveries or things like that. So I feel like, uh, you know, so you start getting into construction, things like that. Business starts going good. And I feel so I feel like um, <coughs> excuse me. most of us came here in like the mid early to mid 90s. So you have about 10 years to kind of get comfortable. And then the whole uh, mortgage thing happened in 07 where hey, you have a name, you have a social security number, you can get a mortgage on an $800,000 house. So, so Russians in general, just, oh, that's dope. Let's get a freaking mansion. So, and nobody could blame them. Yeah, yeah, and you can't blame them because that's just kind of how the system was set up. It was yeah. rigged to fail. Uh, so all these you know Russians get into houses, into construction, into this and that. Economy crashes. Um, but at that point, I feel like everyone learned that, hey, construction is a pretty easy gig. Like, you know, you, you do this, you do that, you do siding, money is good. So I feel like, uh, well, also because there's a kind of a lack of education because a lot of us, uh, I was actually uh, talking with somebody and uh, there's a, a actual like academic art, uh, journal like t- uh, topic about this, how a lot of Slavic people, especially Christians. So a lot of the people that are here are Christians and Christians in the uh, Soviet Union were denied a lot of opportunities. Like, for example, education in general, especially higher education. So if I'm a Christian, I do not get to go to you know med school or this or that or engineer school. So they're hard workers, but they're not maybe the most educated. So what do they kind of tend to do? You know, construction makes sense. Trucking makes sense. You know, some kind of cleaning business or something Deliveries. like that. And, yeah. and to go and to put a – like to drive your point home – even people who got an education, my mom has a um, like a, the, 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 almost a doctor. She went to seven years for computer sciences. My dad went for four years for a metal and alloys, and none of that was able to be transferred. There are some countries that degrees transfer from. In Russia, they don't transfer even if you have, do have a degree. So you have to go find the next best thing here for you. Right. So everyone comes here, and luckily we had kind of we. I mean, we were able to set up a, kind of a church network where there's a lot of big churches going down the west coast and. You kind of have a community where you can get together, support each other, talk to each other, help each other out with jobs, this and that. So everyone kind of, well, at least the older generation kind of tended to uh, navigate towards that. And another interesting thing, which is, I mean, it's funny. Just for me, it's personally funny for me working in the medical field. But um, the gener- like my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation, there's a very, they're not very good with medicine. And there's a lot of like well-documented stuff about Slavic people in the medical field. They do not trust American medicine. They would rather try herbal remedies. They would rather try some like natertka or like, you know, wrap your leg with lettuce and throw some honey on it, stuff like that. They would rather prefer that to medicine. And a lot of it stems back to back to the uh, Soviet Union where like you, they, they didn't trust the government and the, the medical system, the healthcare system was kind of part of the government. So they didn't trust the doctors. They didn't trust the government. So they just stuck to their like, you know, whatever they learned in their salah. Like, oh, you know, if you have some infection, slap some onions on it and it sucks out the bad stuff or things like that. Yeah, and I was a very big victim of that. I tore my nail completely off as a kid, completely off. It hurt like crazy. And my grandma took out a jar of pee from her kladovka <laughs> and she poured it on my nail. And I, I am still like I still when like it shivered down my spine. Yeah, so I think there's just like a big aversion to Western medicine. I mean, maybe not just at first, but even until now, I still get patients in the emergency room who are like Slavic, 
and they just don't trust like you know, hey, your blood pressure is really high. You should probably take this medication. Otherwise, you can have a stroke or yeah. a heart attack. And they'll be like, eh, I'm probably better off not taking your, your chemicals. You know? Yeah, it's and like, you can't blame them because sure. that's what they went through. And that's very real for them. But let's uh, let's tell all of our Slavic people that here in America, medicine is privatized. And it's also not a good thing, as <laughs> we know. But it is privatized. And uh, it, it doesn't work quite like, uh, quite like it did in socialist Russia. But anyway, so kind of going back, Russians, I think, in general, are very hardworking people. And um, I think we all know, you know, Slavic people. Um, man, my terminology, I apologize to anyone if you guys are offended, but I will use Ukrainian, Russian, Slavic. I'll use them all interchangeably, but I mean the same thing. Mario, I mean, you, uh, hold on a minute. You apologize like the third time on this podcast already. You are, <laughs> we, we love you for her. Just say, say what you mean. Just, just say it. Go ahead. Oh, I think I should need to be clear that I mean the same thing when I say those three different things. Um, I, anyway, so Slavic people, Russian people, Ukrainian people, whatever, Moldovan people, um, hardworking people, definitely hardworking people. Yes. They had to deal with a lot of hard stuff back in the Soviet Union, and I think Americans maybe don't understand what they went through. I feel like sometimes talking to our parents, our grandparents, just the stories that they tell that like, you know, we did this for a loaf of bread. Lots of mental stamina, not just hardworking, but like tough, yeah, like yeah. lots of mental stamina oh, among yeah. the Russian community. And then they came to this country where there's all this opportunity and, you know, they want all their kids. And it seems like with our generation, there's definitely a lot more education going on. There's definitely a lot more like college and degrees and higher education because they don't want their kids to just, you know, like to smash siding all day or to lay tile. They want their kids to, you know, be some kind of a doctor or maybe like a lawyer or something, you know, that, that doesn't maybe require breaking your back all day. And it's a good thing. Uh, and it makes sense because I think that the the Slavic people are very intelligent. Um, maybe like our parents, maybe they didn't have a higher education, but they have like street smarts. Yes, you know? they that, like, uh, that's exactly what I was just thinking. They're very street smart people. Yeah. Very, they will, they will survive. So here we are. I mean, it's 2019. It's been about 30 years since most of us have kind of come to America. Most of us are doing well. If you ask me to name, you know, even one Slavic family who was doing poorly and, you know, on like food stamps and stuff, I would be pretty hard pressed to tell you somebody because I feel like everybody in general is doing well. This is America. This is the land of opportunity. I feel like most of us are taking pretty good advantage of that. And, you know, it's a go-getter kind of... America is a capitalist country, not like, you know, the Soviet Union. So if you're a go-getter, if you work hard, you know, you're going to live a good life. You'll be successful. And I feel like uh, a lot of Russians are, are doing that and they're, you know, that's where they are. It's a, it's a perfect thing for us Slavics because it is a capitalist system. And as Slavics, we always aim to capitalize. <laughs> and I feel like coming from communism, yeah. I feel like I was reading this thing how during the communism, a lot of uh, people like in the villages, they learned how to like scam the government and like how to, you know, like the, the little uh, back roads and the little loopholes. And then they come to America where like... It's That's a, invited. It, yeah. So, so I feel like a lot of Russians like totally abuse the system and like homie's making like 300 grand a year, but he's still at the food bank picking up like canned corn and stuff like that. And just you keep scamming the system. You know, it's, it's all you know. Yeah. Whistler, what do you think? Oh, I don't know. A lot, a lot has been said. So I guess, so, well, I was born here in America. Roman was, how old were you when you came to America? I was 10 years old. I might have been 11, but I, I, I was 10 going, uh, yeah, I, I was, let's just say I was 10 years old. I, I came to America and I went to fifth grade. And Vasil, you were born in Ukraine. I was born in Ukraine. I came when I was almost 12 years old already. So I lived in Ukraine 
I went to sixth grade. So yeah, I came and I, yeah, I went to sixth, like end of sixth grade when I came to America. That's why I, my accent and everything else, which <laughs> could work for me and against me with the accent. But tell but, us your thoughts about kind of what we've been discussing. Yeah. About, yeah. about our Slavic community. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, a lot, like I said, a lot has been said, but I tend to view Slavic community in a positive, optimistic view. And I think one of the things that I do enjoy about Slavic com- community is our community and us living together and sticking together. And it can have, you know, its positives and negatives. The positive is, like I know even in our church, if somebody gets, you know, seriously ill or something horrible happens and we come together and you can you feel like you know you belong somewhere and you have somebody and uh, you're you're not alone in this world and i think that's a very positive uh, i think especially i grew up with a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles always you know family gets together and i feel like sometimes i underappreciate you know big families and big family get togethers and yes, you can have, you know, the weird aunt that always, you know, has something negative to say or like the, you know, weird uncle. But yes, you know, in a group of people, we're all people and you're going to have, you know, people that are more, you know, not perfect. But overall, I think we're really, really blessed and we should really appreciate our community, our families, especially if we have a larger family. We underestimate the positive and how huge the positive effect is, even on our like psychological upbringing is that when you don't feel like you're alone in this world and you have somebody that got your back, it really, really, you know, builds your confidence, even though you may not have a perfect day or perfect month or whatever, but really helps you thrive in life when you feel like you have a community. So again, big, you know, appreciate our community, you know, having people in your life is a huge thing. And second is, I think, where, you know, if, you know, maybe a quarter of how hardworking our parents are, but I still think that they passed on at least a measure of work ethic to us uh, Slavic kids. And, of course, we, you know, not even right to compare our work ethic to our parents' work ethic, but I still think that it rubbed off on us to a certain degree. And sometimes, yeah, so, like, I really appreciate that, though. I think our parents... Uh, grandparents work ethic did really rub off and i think the mentality of like hey you have to work for it nothing's given if you want something go get it and not the mentality of like and of course this is generally speaking and there's going to be an exception to everything but yeah i really appreciate the community really appreciate uh the work ethic but there of course could be you know negative things that could be said as well i agree i think growing up having a big family and having a lot of relatives like I think it was the funniest thing when you're in school, like coming up through grade school and like, oh yeah, like my cousin from Minnesota came over and visited for Thanksgiving, you know, it was fun. You're like, oh, that's cool. I have like 30 cousins. They come over like every other weekend and it's like, what? Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 It's like hard to believe, but what, so let's kind of transition this. So we kind of covered where we're from. Let's talk about where we're at now. So as our, our generation is, is kind of like the first generation to grow up in America we are the Americanized, you know, uh, generation. Our parents have a very different understanding of the world. They have a very different understanding of 
of like culture, of religion, of uh, tech, like you know, like science and technology and all the understanding. But we grew up in here in America. We understand things differently. We're more educated. I think in general, it's safe to say than our parents. Um, and so I think a, bi- a big deal. I think let's just talk about it. Is uh, is like religiously. I don't want to say maybe religiously. I don't know what's the word. Just things that we believe in as far as like Christianity. Like our faith. Our faith. Sure, that's a good way of putting it. Our parents come from a very cut and dry, you know, you do this, yeah, you, you know, you pray, you sing a song, uh, you know, you, you do this, you do that, you sing a song, it's over, sermon, you know, blah, blah, blah. But we're, we, we come here and we experience kind of a different kind of a faith and a different kind of Christianity where it's like, hey, it's not about just following some rules. It's not about just religion. It's about having a relationship with, you know, with God or with Jesus. It's about, you know, spreading the word to people. Um, I think, and I know, you know, a lot of people might not like me saying this, but I feel like a lot of uh, Slavic churches here in America are, are, they're basically country clubs where you basically come with your family, you know, once, twice a week, uh, you know, you pay you pay a month a week, weekly fee or monthly fee in the form of a tithe. Um, your kids find a spouse or something, you know, in this little community, and it's a very closed off community. And if somebody, you know, some American person tries to pop in, it's like, you know, what are they doing here? And there's not really any growth. It's more of just like a transplant. So you know, you get a transplant from one church to another. You know, back and forth. There's no really growth. There's no real evangelization. And you know. It seems like maybe some of our parents are fine with it. Their generation is kind of okay with that. You know, they're just kind of like, hey, we just came here from America. We don't, or we just came here from Ukraine, sorry. Um, we're just trying to hold on to our culture. We're just trying to hold on to what we believe in. Why are you young people trying to be so different? But when, for us, maybe, I mean, this, I'm just speaking, I guess, from my own point of view. Where we're kind of more like, hey, you know, it's cool that you guys are doing this. It's good that you guys are trying to hold on to your culture, but... As Christians, we're called to spread the word. You know, we're called to to reach out to our communities to stuff like that. And um, there's such a big difference. And I know there's a lot of churches in the area that are going through some uh, some troubling times so, trying to handle this issue. So our parents is uh, uh, our parents, our grandparents. Uh, they're very afraid of change because they're the way they did things it's been tested and it's been put through a ringer we know that and it survived based on the way they did things based on how they serve god and how close they were to god based on how they serve god and uh, they came here to america and i understand them and i understand their willingness to be firm in that because that's what worked for them and i understand the fact that um um, it's hard for them, you know, to change or to accept something different because by not accepting anything different is how they kept their faith and how they survived the rigorous times they went through. But um, here in this country, we, we we are called to evangelize. We are called to evangelize and bring, like, maybe English-speaking people to our church. I agree with that, but that's not to, up to our parents. Our parents, they they did a lot of the job. Like Apostle Paul said, they, like, you know, I kept the faith, I finished my race. They kept their faith. They're finishing their race. I think it's very up to us. And um, I agree with you that uh, a lot of times maybe we are a little bit behind. We, um, we are. It's very tough for us to accept American-speaking people, to evangelize to American-speaking people because... We uh, our church is uh, maybe like speaks Russian and they don't want to change because of an older generation. But it's up to us to push that change. It's really easy to sit here and say that uh, no change is happening and this is so too bad, so sad. But 
Um, I think we should push our, in our churches and we should push for that change to bring, like, while the times are good, the times are not always going to be great. While the times are good, we should be bringing as much people as we can to our church. And it's up to us to push for maybe, I'll just go ahead and say, to, for English services, to push to invite and evangelize and get as much people to our church, to repentance and uh, bring fire to our church. It's all up to us because our parents, they did their job because their their faith was, was tested and they kept it. Our faith will be tested one day, and right now it's our job to spread it. I said, what are you, you have any thoughts on this? No, d- yeah, definitely. And when, you know, we are mentioning things as like, oh, religious people and, you know, following the rules, uh, let's keep in mind uh, it's an issue not just with Slavic community, but with people in church in general, us as humans, I think because of our pride, we like to think. And that's why a lot of times gospel is hard to grasp. When, you know, it's preached, like, it's not the rules, it's not the following, it's not you that achieved that. And because of our human pride, we like the fact that, like, no, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to get it myself. You know, I just got to do, do, do these things. So it's a, a common thread in every culture as a human being because I think it's part of our pride. But So, yeah, so it does exist in the Slavic community and in Slavic churches as well. But one of the things that we should also recognize and when it comes to our parents and grandparents and their faith, that it may seem like, you know, they're strict with their, that we call rules or routine, you know, and all those things. But we, I think not a lot of times we appreciate what they did go through, you know, to protect their faith and to stand strong in their faith, like prisons and jails and persecutions. Like maybe not if not prisons and jails, then at the school and legitimately you know, being denied education, like you mentioned before, strictly because of their faith. And it could be easily, you know, a, a lot of times what I, you know, when I hear these stories and testimonies, I think, you know, how many of us, you know, if we are able to get into UW, they're like, are you a Christian or not? You know, if you're a Christian, you're guaranteed denied education. But if you just kind of, you know, close one eye, be like, well, I mean, I kind of agree with him, you know, kind of like one white lie or something just to get into school and get dope education and benefit greatly from that. And highly respect, you know, our, you know, parents, grandparents for paying a very high price for their faith. And... I think that, you know, they brought us up in church and, you know, trying to pass on how they were taught as much as possible. But even lately, I think especially like past even like year two, I feel like even older generation has been very, been opening up very much towards, you know, understanding young people and different culture and different style of services and life and all those things. I think they've been very understanding and moving forward and want want to understand you know our generation and our thoughts and things so yeah when when it comes to our you know their faith and our faith i think we they grew up very differently but they did pay you know a lot of them paid a high price for their faith so they are standing strong you know in how they grew up and how they understand a church to be but much respect for especially lately i feel like older crowd has been putting more effort than younger generation putting effort to me you know older generation 50 50 they're like yeah they're kind of like well okay english yes okay you know this okay yeah okay i understand that 
And I think us young people, I think for us, it's a lot easier when we podcast a sermon or two, and we're like, "Wow, our churches, you know, we haven't done, we haven't been doing anything right." And I'm like, "No, no, like, yes, there could be things differently, but not to overshadow and step and almost, you know, forget everything that they did, you know, everything good that they do have and that they did." do in their life not kind of look at them respect that learn from that and then move forward you know in our culture and you know bring you know the valuable lessons from that you know into our lives do you think that this is maybe more of just like a like a conflict as old as time we're just like uh the older generation and the newer generation there's always just that generational like gap and like Oh my gosh, mom, you don't understand me. And then the parents are just like, oh my gosh, I don't understand my kids, what they're doing. Do you think it's more of that or think like, is it more of just like a, uh, new country, new generation kind of thing? Or is it just more of just like, oh, parents don't know. Oh, these kids don't know. I think that helped me and it was almost like a, like a libel moment is for, you know, for years I was, you know, Podcast a sermon, podcast, you know, Matt Chandler or Judah Smith or whoever. And and I tell him, you know, know everything about religion and church and what needs to be done and how. And I was like, you know, the biggest heroi. But I think a libel moment for me was when I actually started talking, you know, to deacons or pastors or older people. Let's say like the issue with ripped jeans and they're like, you know what? You know, show me in the Bible the ripped jeans, and you're gonna go to hell, or like that. It's a sin, and when and that's I feel like we throw these big accusations against older generations, like, oh, they think you know ripped pants is is you going to hell. Oh, they think painted nails is is horrible. But I think the more you sit down and have a conversation with them, very few of them will actually say. And yes, there are people that will say those things, but in my own experience, very few people will say like, hey. If you wear ripped jeans or if you listen to rap music, then that's it. That's a sin and you're not saved and you're screwed forever. A lot of them, it's more when you talk to them, they understand that it's more of like a, a wisdom sh- issue rather than like a salvation issue. Like they're like, we don't think if you wear something silly that you're going to go to hell, but they just think it's stupid. So they're like, hey, why are you wearing that to church or why are you wearing that in public? And you're like, wow, you're so conservative. I can't believe you. Like, why is this bad? And I think many, majority of them will not say that, hey, if you wear something silly, then you are sinning and you're going to hell. Majority of them will say like, no, we don't think you're going to go to hell if you wear that. We just think it's dumb and don't do that. So a lot of a lot of issues. And again, even church style, clothing, music style, hairstyles, a lot of those things. It's when you talk to even older people, most of them will say that they don't think that you're going to go to hell when you do that. They just think it's silly. And I think that really helps to bring even that generational gap that we feel like exists. And I feel like we make up this generational gap in our minds. But when you really talk to people and have not just like a arguing conversation, but more like, okay, what about this? What about that? And you start to understand that the gap is not that wide as we imagine it to be in our minds. So a lot of it is just like these rebellious teenagers and the parents are yeah. just like, look, dude, you're dumb. Just stop doing that. This is a phase. You'll get over it. Exactly. And then the kid's like, no, mom, it's not a phase. Eyeliner is the new thing. 
Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and we're like, wow, you're so conservative, and you saw this, and it's like, no. And I think a lot of the things that they did say when you, we grow up a little bit, and we're like, yeah, that was kind of silly. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. And one of the things that like when we have these kind of conversations, I, I th- yeah, think about is if God willing, we have our own kids. Like, what are they gonna, you know, try to wear, yeah, or right. what kind of music are they going to listen There's to? Or, plenty or, of conflict. There yeah, as what well. kind of services are they gonna, you know, service styles are they gonna have? And am I gonna be the grumpy old dad? Like, like one of the examples that I use, I'll say, what if they have this like crazy loud like dubstep music for worship and they're like okay dad come to our church service and you come and there's like this crazy you know like i said dub, let's say for example dubstep and you're like i don't know if i'm down with that like is that really like a worship worship music you know like at church or or any of that stuff or let's say yeah there could be like a lot of examples used that feel like you know the future like next generation is gonna have that we're like wow that's weird like why do you do that that's not you know in church you're really gonna do that and they're and we're gonna be the conservative, you know, parents that don't let them be free and enjoy their services. Yeah, like I don't I don't want to sound liberal, too liberal, but keeping an open keeping an open mind is always a virtue and a good thing. But keeping an open mind does not mean you have to yield in theological uh, parts of the faith, and uh, as long as that's squared away and uh, like being born again. That's uh, that's different. That that is that is different than the style of worship and and the style of serving Christ. I feel like we need to discern uh, the, the the styles versus like the theological. Like if someone's trying to change something theologically, I understand. But if like a person you see a change in his life and you see him uh, like the willingness of serving Christ, you have to discern be, uh, between the difference of a person. You know serving christ or just like maybe it's a style that you're not used to because if you go to a different country you will find different styles of worship you will not understand them but they are saved just like you are saved just like um like a, the, the the old joke was like uh not like if you go to heaven like everyone in heaven speaks ukrainian which is you know obviously it's a silly joke but like that's kind of like the mentality maybe some people are stuck in and that like need help getting out of but uh the style of worship, the style of service does not define your theological values or your uh, the fact that you're born again in your, uh, like, you know, God's creation. It's true. I think it's kind of funny that in my experience, some of the older, like, our parents or grandparents' generation, pretty racist as far as racism goes. Yes. Pretty high up there. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> but that kind of takes me, so let's change gears a little bit. Um so Slavic people, you know, love them, hate them. We're all Slavic kind of people. I mean, I am. What are so? Let's just kind of take a few minutes to talk about what are some good and bad things about the Slavic people, and maybe more point this towards maybe like the younger people, people that we associate with. Um, like, what is good about like Russian people, Slavic people, and what's like the bad? Stuff? Maybe one thing you like and dislike about Slavic people. Sure. Yeah. Do you want to take the first? Sure. Shot? Sure. I. I love like I work uh, for like for a union union as electrician and I have I know a couple of Russian brothers and they all stand out for their work ethic and um, it's a good thing it's very it's it, but the way we're raised it's not hard to stand out amongst the other people we work with as hardworking people maybe one thing I don't like about Slavic people are loud Honda Civics that don't go very fast. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that, that is loud. But is that is that more like two thousand, uh, like 
12 and 13, you 14? Is that, I feel like that doesn't exist as much anymore. Hold on, Roman, don't you have a Civic? <laughs> I, I do have a Civic. I do. And it's like a loud? <laughs> I, I hate that about myself, guys. Yeah, but I think, I think what you were mentioning, referring to is like that, J- but like the whole JDM stage. Oh, okay, I feel no, like no, no, no. I, by loud Hans, I sorry, guys, I do not mean JDM, but we are an obnoxious people in a pu- in a public yes. place. That I'm not uh, by saying the Honda Civic. I'm just saying the obnoxiousness. We are a little bit obnoxious in a, at Applebee's. We are the loudest group there. <laughs> we never tip. It just I mean like we we, we, we can we can we address the tipping more? Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. a very firm believer. I do not get tipped at my job, so I feel like unless I my server goes above and beyond, uh, like their job is to serve food, and that's cool. My job is to treat people, you know, stuff like that. Uh, if they go above and beyond what their job calls for, I will give them a tip. But if they just give me regular service, I will not tip, and I'm very adamant about that. No other country in the world except America tips. I disagree with that very much, and and there have been multiple restaurants where our people worked there and they said the Americans there the, or you know other people that work there they said especially the seater uh, you know the greeter at the, at the restaurant where he sits, uh, sits people at the tables and when they see like Slavic people like Slavic youth come in on Sunday in their church clothes yeah they would ask they are like beg the seater like do not do not put him on my table because I will not get tipped and you know they'd be yeah it would be a hard job and I will get a jack and squat after so I think I'm a you know, yeah I think if you go to a restaurant calculate on your price but like, okay I'm gonna get sushi it's gonna cost me twenty bucks but really it's gonna cost me let's say plus tax and tips gonna cost me twenty five bucks so I plan on that when I go to a restaurant I'm like okay do I want to spend twenty five bucks when I go to a restaurant do I or do I not and then I'm like and that's kind of like how I make my decision because the thing is we like you're not changing like the restaurant culture or like the restaurant doesn't get you know you're not teaching your restaurant a lesson it's literally the server that you know getting a minimum wage like he or she is the only one that's getting screwed over yes. but we're not really going to change a restaurant culture by one russian at a time yes. in my opinion. and but what mario said if you bring a party of more than five people the server did go above and beyond to what they're expected to do in my opinion if it's over eight people they charge gratuity and that is included well, mm-hmm. it's over eight people, yeah. I, you know, in the words of Dwight Schrute, <laughs> I will not tip somebody whose job I can do myself. I can deliver pizza. Very simple. I can serve a meal. It's very simple. Urologist, I cannot pulverize kidney stones. You know, that person deserves a tip. I tip my but urologist. would you tip him? <laughs> if I could, I probably would. I've never had a kidney stone. Yeah, well, no, and I think, yeah, it's like... No, no, like, I understand that, like, I mean... I've never worked as a server in the industry, so maybe I'm just biased. But like when I when you talk to servers and they're like, "Oh, we don't get paid enough, and we live off of tips." And look, being a server, it's a minimum wage job. It's meant for minimum experience. But don't some restaurants don't even get minimum wage? Is that did they change that? Where like servers are getting like three bucks an hour? No, oh, no, not not, you, not you in Washington. You have to get at least minimum wage. Guys, let's back to the topic. Let's get back to the topic. I okay. think I yeah. think Slavic people. 
they work hard and play hard. I, they are obnoxious when it comes to hard work, but they're also obnoxious when it comes to having a good time. And this I is see, true. Yes, and th- it, it's just a thing about us. It's a well-documented thing. We work hard and play hard, I guess, and that's one thing I love and dislike about them. Uh, next, Vasily. Any given Sunday, you roll up to any Slavic church and there's going to be a bunch of M3s, Lexus IS 350s, yes. uh, Mercedes C300s. The best part is when you pull up like Springwood, or something, or we're now it's kind of, I think it's called like Birch Creek. Government apartments. subsidized housing, and there's like a GL, like fat, <laughs> like <laughs> high end cars, and um, yeah, and, but yeah, no, you for me, I really like the again going back. To, uh, it has to do with community. Is if there's like a, a hookup or a deal or some sort of come up, we're very quickly like, hey, there's discount or there's a sale or there's this we're very like looking out for each other in that way and again this is generally speaking is like if there's something good something to come up we tend to be like hey you should benefit from this too instead of like and yeah and there are people that i know you know like they will find something and they'll just like you can get out of them you know like oh how'd you do or how'd you get it like oh figure it out by yourself but generally speaking um i remember when i was 16 and i was working a Safeway, and they had like, like a malfunction in their system where if you get 10 bottles of oil and 10 bags of flour, and if you like punch in your card number, illegit, you get 10 bottles and 10 bags, and the total will come up to negative 20 cents. And they cashiers didn't know what to do, so they're like, All right, I mean, what am I gonna do? Uh, they would give 20 cents back to the people, and legit, within like one hour, we had like <laughs> parents pull up with their kids. Like, legit, there was like one Slavic parents. Well, yeah, like one yeah, mom had like five kids because the limit was 10 of each per so, person, yeah, per person. So, like, oh, legit, wow. she had like eight year olds standing with a cart with 10 <laughs> bottles of oil and like flour. Heck of um, a fat bake sale at church that yeah. Sunday, <laughs> yeah. So, again, I think really like when we look out for each other like hey there's a come up there there's you should do this and kind of really want to help each other out there's like you find some you know apartments or living area like hey apartment you know the and next thing you know there's you know 15 more russian families which is i think it's a very positive though yeah in slavic yeah having having big families i've noticed this about myself i've done this before too sorry uh i know you didn't finish but um Say I have someone offers me an opportunity and I'm not in the uh, 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 like a time of life to accept it. Like someone offers me a good job, I have a good job. If I was somebody else and I didn't have like a community backing me, I would be like, no, thank you. Offer it to someone else. Be being with like a community, I I I'm like no, thank you. But I will give you a good recommendation. I pick up a phone, I call my buddy, my buddy, my buddy gets a job, like a really good job. Just like we always, we offer like being in a Slavic community, being an active in the Slavic community, we get a lot more opportunities and we offer a lot more opportunities. And to what Vice said, it's a very, very good thing about our community. Yeah, let's say, let's say somebody has an insurance company and we're like, oh, Tom Gov, he's doing insurance and you kind of almost automatically call him because you're like, if somebody, you know, if somebody's going to get a commission, might as well, you know, make it, you know, somebody that you know. So that's, uh, yeah, we definitely look out for each other. And I think that's a, what a about huge a, positive that we have. I'm really interested to hear a negative from you, though. Hmm. I think, but again, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Is the, in, growing up, you know, in a big community, being part of the crowd, that if you do make a mistake in life or you do screw up or your kid screws up or whatever 
And we like to be like, oh, I can't believe all the Russians know now. Like, this is so stupid. But it should be expected. You're part of the community. Like, it will spread. People do talk. So it's a double-edged sort of being a part of community. Is we look out for each other. We're there for each other. We want to help each other. But the other negative opposite side of that is that if you, you know, something negative, you know, or something bad or something, you do something stupid, people will know very quickly. And again, it's not something that we should necessarily, oh, this shouldn't exist because it will. You're part of the community. People will know. If you do something good, people will also know. You know, you do something amazing. People will also find out about that. But it's it's a double-edged sword of being part of a, part a, lot of, a lot of close lo- community. A lot of loose lips in the Russian community. A lot of gossip. Yeah, and uh, and people talk, but also I think they'll talk even if something good happens. Let's say they're like somebody's proposing. They're like, oh, Vin Vin predlužev toy toy divčini, and seems like you almost the guy the guy necessarily not popular. Nobody really knows him, but in a way like. Slavic community knows that so-and-so proposed to, you know, to so-and-so girl. And it's like, how did you even know that? And even, let's say, old, you know, older later or whatever. Like, how did you know that he even proposed? But I think, yeah, it's a part of, you know, living in a closed community, closed, closed-knit community, is people will know the good and the bad. What was the old joke with, like, the BBC, like, Baba... Baba Babi Skazala. Baba Babi Skazala. You know, I, I lived <laughs> in, in Russia. I lived... I uh, was born in Moscow. I lived in Voronezh. And that is very true because we always had a row of grandmas sitting on benches because <laughs> they were on pensia, uh, a social... Yeah, social pension yeah, social pension. And all they do all day, all day long was spit seeds and just talk. Sounds and, a lot like us. Yeah, I was a kid. I would come out on the slide. They would talk. And I would come inside, and they would keep talking. And just like I always wonder, like they never stop talking. What are they? What are they talking about? And it's like Bobby Bobby Skazala type of deal, I guess. <laughs> they talk about like everything they see. Like we run by them in a like a in a blue shirt, and then they will talk about my blue shirt, and that's that's just it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's kind of a. I don't know what leads, like what cause, like what does why that happens you know because I, I mean i'm sure every culture why what happens i'm sure every culture has some amount of gossip but it seems just like that the ukrainian culture or slavic culture in general just like if somebody does something that's a little bit out there it's like did you see what she was wearing did you hear about what they did did you hear about their marriage did you hear about their kids and it just like it spreads out you know and it becomes like this thing and you start hearing like it's like the telephone game where the story gets a little bit altered each time it kind of crosses over yeah and then by the time it gets to you there's some crazy story and you're like what i don't know i did that <laughs> yeah no it, it definitely like you know that happens and again i think it's general i, I don't think it's tied just to slavic it- community it's kind of like right now with we call you know fake news it's because negative news is so much because it goes more back to us and ancestors and protecting ourselves. So we're a lot more looking out for the negative, uh, like as a human being in general. So this is like going like way, to, you know, a few levels. Psychological. Yeah, but yeah, I think as humans in general, that's why, you know, when it comes to like campaigning and po- politicians, they use like scary ads. Like, did you know he did this? Did you know he's for this? And to like scare you away. So and we're a lot more alert when something like negative happens. And we're like a lot more like pay attention a lot more to it. So again, if somebody said, oh, did you know the Mario finished nursing program? And like, I'm sure you know, plenty of people and uncles and aunts and, you know, relatives knew the Mario finished nursing program. He started working as a nurse. But if... Somebody, let's say your far uncle, somebody that you knew, came up to you and said, "Oh, Mario, you're true. You know, you finished nurse, nursing program." You'd be like, "Oh yeah, I did," and you wouldn't put mine much mind to it. But if it was the same uncle said something negative, you'd be like, 
what? How did you know? How did you hear about it? Oh, Slavic, it spreads. BBC. But, but again, it's the same guy would <laughs> say funny. the same, you know, the uh, same uncle would say something positive. We're like, oh, yeah. And we wouldn't much, we wouldn't pay much attention to it, even though he found out, you know, that thing somehow. I suppose that's true, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's just a uh, optimistic. You're positive. just a very big optimist. Yeah, no. I, just, I don't know. But I think maybe it's because a lot of times when I, Slavic people aren't mentioned, so like, oh, this and this and this is bad. But yeah, I think even being. Again, we're probably going to be wrapping up soon, but even like wasabi. Start going to wasabi when I Wh- think... What's wasabi? Ooh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's offensive. <laughs> Is went to, uh, Start going to wasabi, I think, when I was 15 years old. Shout out to... How old were uh, you when you came to America? 11, like and a half. I think so close within, to within four years, you found wasabi. And shout out to Paul Manchik, Vadim Manchik, Sergi Vakulic... The whole squad, Vlad Hudunok, I'm forgetting somebody, but we, for again, gonna, what was the, forgot the word, but the whole, like, oh, Judah Smith and City Church, and you, he's doing you know, a lot of work, but we started going back, back, back in the day. We started going to City Church UW when Judah Smith was still, was still a youth pastor at UW, and the services would be on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. That's when we started. We'd go to, we'd go to church as you see at uh, seven p.m. Be at church until eight. Walk out during of Champagne, and drive to U District for the service. And after, go to Wasabi. Uh, but yeah, so even you know talking to servers there, and they said it is common. They they do know that yes, a lot of like Slavic people come, a lot of youth comes, but when it com- but but we do have our challenges when it comes to tipping. And taking up, you know, seven tables. And, but when it comes to tipping, we tend to be very, you know, calculate exactly what we want to do when it comes to tipping. Yeah. Mario, what what do you like and dislike about our community? Um, I guess let's start with the bad. I think that um, most of us, well, I mean, the people that have been born here have been here our whole life, obviously. Um, I guess the two of you guys both immigrated here. But you've been here for the majority of your life. Uh, and I think for our parents and things like that. Uh, what bothers me, I think, is that um, when people come to America, and obviously it's a land of opportunity and this and that. And by no, mean, by no means am I some crazy American patriot or this or that. But I feel like uh, you came to America because you wanted to come to a land of a better opportunity. And it sometimes bothers me when uh, Russians act like, like they're still, you know, that America sucks and they're only here to kind of like use and abuse and make a quick buck. But like, okay, if that's the case, move back to Ukraine if it's so great, you know. But then they're like, oh no, Ukraine sucks and Russia sucks because there's things, you know, there's it's a law or there's a war or this and that. And I feel like you know, if you're going to be living in America, America is accepting of all peoples of all races. America has always been that. America has always been the land of opportunity for, you know, since 17, you know, 80, whatever, whenever America was kind of started. America has always accepted more people, has always accepted immigrants, that this is, you know, like uh, the Statue of Liberty, Labor, Lady Liberty, you know, it's like a signal that we accept, you know, the poor, bring us your poor, bring us your, you know, your broken, we'll accept them and we'll give them a home, and that's what America has always been, but then our Russians come here and they're just like, America, you know, like, they like talk, not maybe not talk crap, but treat it as if it's like this, you know, terrible thing, and no, we're still Russian, it's like, well, you're, you're part of America, you're part of a country, 
act like it. Yeah, there are no Americans. There are Irish. There are Mexicans. There are Jews. Right. Yeah. And like you live in a country, become a become a part of the society. You know, don't just like live off of feet. Like you know, don't be a, like a, a a virus where you just like live off of the host and then just like a leech. Know, a leech, yeah. Don't yeah. just leech, 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 and then when you when you decide that you're done, you're done. It's like no, you're you're part of America. Try Put to something con- back. Try to con- yeah. Try to contribute to society. Don't just. I just feel like a lot of America, or sorry, Slavic people. They come here and they treat it like we're so much better than America. We don't care about America. We're just here to like pillage and you know get all this money and this and that. Like you know, you're an American. You have a citizenship or you know whatever. You came here for a reason. Try to contribute to society. Don't just try to like use everybody. Try to contribute because at the end of the day, we're all one country. We're all on the same planet. You know, you're not going to help anybody if you just care about yourself. There's other people around you. Try to give back a little bit. Try to care about you know the people around you. Yeah, not just Russians, but like everybody. Be accepting. Don't sure. be. Don't be like. But Russians in general just have like a, Russian. I feel like Russians have this cockiness that like yeah. we're better than everybody. Yes. and that. Yes. And I think we're using like intertwined terms like Ukrainian, Russian, Slavic. But I think we all mean I, the same thing. I cleared that up earlier. Yeah. yeah. So we all. Yeah, and no, I, I understand. Like, not everything belongs to us in the Slavic community. Be like, be more generous. Even a very important topic, like to go back way back to what we were talking about. Even with our faith, let's be generous with that too. Let's let's try to spread it to people that are like maybe like some, maybe not Russian speaking. You know, it's gasp. not a, a, a candle that you hide under a bushel. You know, yeah, like you gotta yeah, you gotta give it out. And what kind of example are we as Christians when we come to America and all we do is screw over people and you know overcharge them for tile and then don't pay your workers and then you're just driving a fat whip and they're like that's the american dream i'm a christian hallelujah it's you know positive give me a throw me a positive so that's enough of that positive i feel like uh slavic people inherently i i my suspicion is that our just genetic traits i feel like our genetics are very mixed i feel like being in the area where ukraine is our ancestors and that have a lot of mixture. We're not just like one people. I feel like there's a, there's you know over history there's been a lot of mixing of, of genetics and cultures and this and that. So I feel like even just genetically, uh, Slavic people are generally more intelligent. And I'm not trying to like bad mouth anybody or you know say that somebody's stupid. But I just feel like European people, uh, I mean especially Eastern European, are uh, Slavic people. Close. <laughs> <laughs> what? Walking that I said, line. I said cutting close. Like, yeah, walking a thin line. <laughs> No, I just feel like Slavic people in general are pretty intelligent. Like, there's not a lot of like. I mean, I'm sure there's there, there are some Slavic people who are not what very. About, what about like Asians? But um, we have a little bit of that in us, is what he's saying. Yeah, there's a little bit of Mongol in us. Yeah, a little bit of the Hun. Okay. Anyways, no, no, sorry. I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking bad about anybody. There's other smart people out there, but I feel like just Slavic people. There's a reason why all of us are successful. There's a reason why you know, there, you don't see homeless Russians in Seattle. You know, like all of us are hard workers. We're all motivated. We're all doing generally pretty well. And I feel like it's because, um, like we talked about earlier, maybe we're not all educated, but we all have street smarts. And I feel like that's, you know, that's almost more important than being book smart, where you have this basic wisdom of how life works, how things work, how, you know, life and business and money works. And I feel like that's the reason why most Slavic people are pretty well off. And and so it's a good thing, you know. We're we're smart people. We're I think overall a pretty wise people, but I think sometimes we just take more than we give, and I think that's wrong. Yeah. Um. And I think it's definitely important to give back, you know. To and and I'm not even saying to like the country, but just to the people around you. I mean, I know there's like there are some uh, Slavic companies in our area who are run by Slavic people who are like very. 
the workers are abused and like the the boss you know is just like you know jipping everybody and making crazy amounts of money on them it's like hey how much money do you need you know, kind of just give well, that's the you don't uh, even want to ask anybody yeah, that question. There, there, yeah, there goes the liberal. We Mario. just need a little bit of communism. <laughs> if you're making yeah. a certain amount, yeah. give it away. But uh, you, to go to your back to your point, like, um, uh, like, um, uh, the, the, the genetics, we, we do have, uh, uh like, a good gene- genetics. Did you know that, like, the, the Slavic, like, upper eastern Europe, like, Polish little bit of Ukrainian and Russian people in that area are actually like if you take the statistics are the strongest like bodybuilding wise are the strongest people in the world are from that area I didn't get those genes I thought it was like Norwegian Vikings no 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 no. the strongest people like are like like even if you go like to the like the bodybuilders like general where they're from it's like the Polish area we Slavic people tend to be like maybe not the most athletic maybe that they don't jump the highest but like they tend to be like the strongest like they are stronger than other nations, mostly they're just like strength wise. Quick fun fact that I, uh, I was listening to Joe Rogan and he was saying how, like, uh, I mean, have you guys ever noticed? And it's talked about how, like, in like Sweden and like the Norwegian countries, like all their people are just good looking, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Sven. You, if, when someone says the name Sven, I picture this model, a blonde, yes. good looking dude, you know? Yes. And just like in general, I feel like like up there, like in, in Finland and Norway, people are just good looking. Like over there, like the guy that's running the Seven Eleven, over there he's like maybe a six, but here in America he's like a ten. He's doing movies, you know. But over there, everybody, uh, I think Bill Burr talks about it too. He's like, he's like, I went there, and every person that I interact with, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you are so beautiful. <laughs> But and Joe Rogan was talking about it. I don't know how much truth this is to it, or if this is just like a theory. But uh, he was saying that like back when the Vikings were active, and the Vikings were like a notorious people back in the day, and they would like pillage and like kill a whole bunch of people. But what they did is like any village or any place that they attacked. Uh, I mean, beauty has a, like beauty is a sign is a is like a is an equation. Like you can you can uh, measure beauty. Like there's a face facial symmetry things like that. They're high. Yeah, high and this and that. Like you can measure beauty, and the, the Vikings, anytime they'd go attack somewhere or take over something or pillage something, they would take the most beautiful people, like the most beautiful women or men, and they'd kind of either kill everybody else or make them be slaves. So then, like you know, over you know dozens, hundreds of years of them doing this, their gene pool became very full of beautiful people, and it continues to this day. Oh. That, like the, the Norwegian countries just have all these beautiful people, and I was kind of wondering, Ukraine. For some reason in Ukraine, I mean, maybe I'm speaking about myself. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. But, like, why is it that, like, in Ukraine and Russia, they're, like, all the girls are, like, 10 out of 10 supermodels, but then they're married to, like, a frog-looking dude? <laughs> yeah, all, all the Russian men suffer from alopecia. Yeah, they're all bald. They're all, like... Alopecia means the loss of hair. Yeah, they're, like, weird looking at all these bumps on their faces and stuff, but then, like, their wives are, like... Super model. <laughs> yeah, and and, and the other people like uh, like uh, in, uh, like in America, like like the guy can be really good looking, and the lady maybe does not. In Russia, it's always the opposite. I yeah. agree with you. I kind of saw it's that weird. too. Is yeah. it the money or is it something yeah. else? Well, yeah, Anyways. quite 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 a rabbit hole there. But, <laughs> right, Mario. Thank you for. Uh, I think we'll call it the historical, <laughs> the history of Slavic people. I got episode. plenty more if anybody's yeah, interested. Yeah, Ma- Mario knows very very much about history. I know very very little about history so even right now if i had to retell i don't know if i would remember you know i just when it comes to history i i suck at it very very much so thank you mario for very detailed and for my level of knowledge very in-depth 
you know, history of Slavic people. And I always find it very interesting to listen to. I just have a very hard time retaining it. And I don't know what what, what is that. But yeah, I've, I think it was a very interesting, very fun uh, episode to do. But we're now a little more casual. Um, what about our friends over uh, that are not associated with LCC Capo Joe. The people that are over at LCC who are not associated they're with They're not associated with LCC. No no association with LCC. Yeah. They had issue. Apparently, they're trying to throw shade on our accents. And I I defended Mario and Roman uh, that you guys don't have an accent. I do. And I'm, you know, that's, you know, I can't, I can't say that I don't. But my excuses are like, I came here when I was a, pretty much almost a teenager. I feel like an accent is a... So, I think they just need to adjust their their view because I feel like an accent is a uh, is a strength and not a weakness. It, like, you know, everyone strives to be unique. To a certain degree. <laughs> I, 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 feel like, I feel like maybe the lack of accent would be worse and it makes us, you know, it makes us unique. Like, go and listen to these, you know, goons who don't know how to speak, you know. No, but no. I've we, been told before that I have a bit of an accent and people usually can't locate where it is. They'll just be like, but, where are you from? Kind but, of. But I think people like you, maybe you don't, but I think people that, think they don't have an accent and when they're asked like hey where are you from <laughs> you get like, offended like wait how'd you know <laughs> like i don't have an accent how'd you know that i'm not american <laughs> like i can't you know do that but i think for some people i was in auburn and uh, this guy uh, uh i was talking to this dude he's uh uh and he like he, he approached me and he's like he's like man where are you from i'm like like wh- wh- why are you asking he's like well you look mexican He's like, you look, you look Mediterranean, Mexican, but your accent just does not match. Like, you have an accent of something, but you look like something else. Like, you look like Mediterranean or Mexican, but your accent is just like weird. It's different. So for me, it's like, like I, like I don't know if anyone see me. Like, I'm Russian, but Russians are usually like a little bit lighter haired, and I'm, I'm just a little bit, little bit darker haired. We talked about this. You're Middle yeah. Eastern. Is it true? Is it true story that once you and your wife, you were guys like camping or something? You guys were on the beach. And you guys laying kind of close by the water or somewhere, and there was like a Russian family, uh, were like walking out, and they're like, and their mom's like, "Ostrozno, ostrozno, Mexican, it's legit." Yes, 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 that happened. Yeah, I get it confused for Mexican. Not that there's anything wrong with Mexicans, <laughs> right? No, th- there isn't. But I get very, I, I get confused. Like we, uh, I, we, at Mexican restaurant on two different occasions, the guy came up and started speaking to me in Spanish, but. Um. Yeah, it's people just usually look at me and they make an assumption. I do have a Russian accent. They're like, "You look like this, but you sound like this." Like, what are you? Like, what kind of a, like a mutant Who are you? Are you? Yeah. No, but yeah, guys, we're an hour and a half in. Let's wrap it up. And once again, if you're, you know, I mean, if you hear this, so thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking this far. I would appreciate your feedback on you know on this episode and any other episode we're, f- we're now uh, we're gonna be or we are now available on apple podcast we too. might be on apple so we're, we're not sure yet because they're still reviewing it may take oh, two yeah. to 14 days oh. to get reviewed because it's an actual real person that listens through like skims through to see if Sucks like to be that person yeah <laughs> right <laughs> it has to listen but to a think, bunch of people like but us if you think about <laughs> it you, if you that's your job to like sit there and like for eight hours a day just listen to podcasts but imagine okay. being a person like that and being the first person like the next listening to a next good podcast and like man these people still are there, yeah. and yeah. nobody else heard him before no, so nobody steals our idea not approved <laughs> 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 no but again uh, thank you for listening would love to get feedback uh, you know by now either on your Instagram DM phone number 
and again, we'll have somebody else to talk to on the next episode. If you have somebody that we sh- we sh- you feel like we should talk to, shoot me a text two zero six eight five nine one eight six three, and you, you can also shoot me a feedback on my phone number. Something that you like, something that maybe you don't like, yeah, and we, we'll consider all opinions. We have plans for our podcast, but. I mean, what we want is probably different from what people want. So if, if you guys have suggestions or things that you guys want us to talk about, definitely let us know because that can be completely off our radar. Yeah. And we might go down some other Two heads path. is better than one. Yeah. Yeah. We and might be picking terrible topics that people do not want to hear. So let yeah. us know what you guys want to hear about. And then we'll finish up with this because uh, we, we talked about like Slavics and churches and a lot of, you know, that took up a lot of time in one of the jokes. Uh, you mentioned like, you know, one of the jokes – uh, about like Slavic people and you know f- uh, Christians. And is it the uh, Moldovians and the light bulb thing? No, no, what? no, don't. Oh. Uh, the, the joke is, uh, okay, so you know there's a gate. You know people come to heaven. There's a gate, and Saint Peter standing by the gate. Oh yeah. And he's like, you know, a Spanish guy walks up and he's like, okay, you're in room eleven, but when you're walking past room three, be really quiet. He's like, all right, you know, goes. Yeah, a Chinese guy walks up. He's like, all right, you're in room 17, but when you're walking past room 3, be really quiet. He's like, all right, you're going to go. And then uh, another guy walks up, and he's like, okay, you're in room so-and-so, but when you're walking past room 3, be really be quiet. He's like, hey, why? You, what's going on with room 3? Why do we have to be quiet by room 3? He's like, oh, the room 3 has Ukrainians, and they think they're the only ones in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. That's, that's a wrap. wrap.